This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so Shira, I was uh-huh. off, obviously. I'm back, everybody. Welcome What's back. up? And okay. This morning, I had a meeting with this wealth management guy. I'm Does that to, mean you're rich? No, he's like a financial advisor. He's going to give me, you know, basically tips on not how to be poor and maybe own a house one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You're actually starting at a good time because I only started this. And I get approached by those folks, too. And the worst was recently a friend of mine who, like, changed her career and became a wealth manager. Yeah. She thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to approach Shira because, like, it's Shira's right, perception. Right. And then I had to be real with her, like... Your girl has, like, no money. Well, that's what I had to do with this guy, right? <laughs> where I'm like, I'm starting at ground zero. That's where you got to start. I'm rebuilding. I'm trying to get my life together. But he's like, no, send me everything, and we can come up with a plan. I'm like, I have a spreadsheet, and, you know, it's going to say how much I have and how much I make. He's like, well, how much have you made this year? Uh, and I'm like, oh. do you really want to have this honest question? Because I'm not the millionaires that you probably talked to. <laughs> And it's just, it's really interesting because he did say the same thing, right? That I'm good. I'm starting this at a good time. Yeah. And so now I'm just kind of nervous about this new financial, like, I don't know, journey. And just also, you feel naked when you let everybody in on your finances. Like, you, they see everything. Yeah. He wants to see it all. Well, that's how you get in shape, as they say. Yeah, I <laughs> they guess. got to see everything. I'm over here lifting, like, <laughs> I don't know, finance, like calculators for workouts. You know, it's, it's interesting, but I'm sure he's going to nitpick things like, Ryan, do you really need to buy that piece of well, furniture? That's the thing, do you need for to sure. go to like do that? I mean, you don't do Starbucks that much like me. I feel like my person would be like, do you really need to get an Americano every single nope, day? But that's exactly what he said. He said he's gonna now like take charge of like what I'm spending, what I'm spending it on, and how I say it's gonna be a journey. So when I'm over here and y'all be like, oh, Ryan smells like money today. That's because he's the reason why. Abundance. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I love that. Let's get into the show. Uh, coming up, everything you need to know about the OnlyFans changes and its impact on the queer community. Our favorite lesbian couple and OnlyFans stars, Brian and Chrissy, join us at 3.50 p.m. Pacific, 6.50 p.m. Eastern for that. Right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. The FDA has grant- granted full approval to Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. It's here. And here's President Biden. So let me say this uh, loudly and clearly. If you have if you're one of the millions of Americans who said that they uh, will not get the shot when it's until it has full and final approval of the FDA, it has now happened. The moment you've been waiting for is here. It's time for you to go get your vaccination and get it today. Today. Okay. 
He had some passion in his voice there. It didn't sound like boring Biden, by the way. I don't think he as ever producer sounds Vanessa boring. Says. That's producer Vanessa uh, who says that. He also urged private companies to require their employees to get vaccinated against COVID. Speaking at the White House, he said he was calling on companies to, quote, step up the vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, he said, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting on full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that require it okay uh now finally two newlywed women were found fatally shot at their southeastern utah campsite days after telling friends they were worried about a creepy guy who had been lurking nearby this is so sad the bodies of crystal michelle turner who was 38 and wife uh, kylan carol schultz 24 were discovered wednesday off LaSalle loop road in moab utah about 260 miles southeast of salt lake city And the county sheriff said at this time, the Grand County Sheriff's Office is conducting an ongoing homicide investigation. And that was some What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so if y'all have not seen the new trailer for Ryan Murphy's America Crime Story impeachment that follows the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky relationship, honey, you need to watch it. I mean, stop everything you're doing. I mean, stop in the middle of traffic and just pull up your... No, don't do that. Please, be safe. Um, It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, the reason why I said that is because uh, Beanie Feldstein, now this may be a new name you're just hearing, of if not she is actually playing monica in what i know will be a hit show and in a new interview um she explained why she feels so connected to monica winsky right there's so many ways that she feels connected to her she says Monica and I are cut from the same cloth in so many ways. We're both Jewish girls from L.A. who listen to show tunes on the treadmill. But still, I never felt uh, less in my comfort place than when I was playing Monica. She said, obviously, I'm queer, so I don't know if I'd flirt with the president. But who knows? When Clinton shined his light on you, there was no better feeling in the world. Um, She went on to say, when that man put his spotlight on you, the world fell away. And if I was 22 and the most powerful person in the world... Focus his high beams on me, I would probably do the exact same thing as Monica. And honestly, I think we have to kind of like think about that. If we were in Monica Lewinsky's position, I mean, would you have? Who knows? It's hard to know. It's you intense, know? Like, right? In the heat of the moment, things happen. I mean, that and when is there's so attraction right. and yeah. chemistry and that pow- power dynamic, too. I mean, it's everyone's maybe like, it would be a fantasy. It depends who the president is. Mm, in <laughs> yes, the Oval like... Office. Now, I think it's... Um, I One thing I really am excited about this is that Monica Winsky is actually on board with this show as the executive producer. So I'm happy we're kind of seeing um, it from her perspective with her some of her thoughts as well. Um, this show premieres September 7th. So tune in. It's right around the corner. That is your T-Report. I got more coming up next hour. But really quick, there's a Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas residency returning to the park MGM this October 14th through the 31st. I'm going to be giving you more details on how you can win your way into it. Um, That is coming up next hour. So stick around. Okay, next up, one of the last female journalists who was in Afghanistan before getting kicked out by the Taliban joins us right after this. Her incredible story next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. With everything unraveling in Afghanistan, there are a few journalists that have been on the ground to experience and document it all. One of them who's been doing incredible work and was the last female journalist there is Holly McKay. She joins us right now. Thanks for being here. 
Of course. Thank you for having me. And by the way, Holly has come a long way from covering entertainment in Los Angeles. I knew her way back. So I'm, I've been blown away by the work you've been doing. And what time is it and where are you exactly right now? Uh, right now I'm in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, which uh, neighbors Afghanistan to the north. And it is 1.28 a.m. Wow, it is one. Thank you so much for being awake for us. I don't know if we're worth it, but we're gonna make it worth it. <laughs> exactly. Um, can you can, <laughs> can you just set the scene for us? Because I think you know us being here in the states, we we only see what's happening in you know on the television on CNN. But you being there, what exactly are you looking for in your coverage? What's important to you right now to get the message across? So I think. Uh, initially, Afghanistan is just is a country that I I've been covering now for many years, and it's really a place that I, I fell in love with. I always say that I've traveled to many places in the world, but I've just never fallen in love with a place like Afghanistan. So, I think uh, my photographer Jake Simpkin and I decided that now would be a really, really, I we had to come for that final U.S. pullout. And that was really something we felt was important to document. So initially, our plan was to be in Afghanistan for uh, three months. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, just things happened in in a way that it's still hard for me to wrap my head around. So we basically came and we were doing our, our work in Kabul, uh, as as you do, and, and we just love Afghanistan. So it's a, it's a bustling it's a bustling place. And then we went further north to Mazar Sharif kind of covered the conflict that was happening there and then things just happened at dizzying speed one moment we were out uh, out in the markets out outside the mosques interviewing people um just really enjoying there was people everywhere and then you could just see hour by hour things started to shift and suddenly people were going to the bank and they were lining up and they were taking all their money out and where we were just looking at each other a little bit perplexed and, and I was continuing to make calls uh, to people in the Afghan government, et cetera, who was sort of assuring me, no, 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 everything is fine. Uh, nothing's going to, the city is fine. The city's going to hold. Um, so we sort of continued to go about our work and then it wasn't until uh, we were with a cab driver and we were starting to see people flee from the edges of the city and, he just looked at us and he said, I don't want to go any further. I'm scared. And wow. and I had an interpreter and he, he turned around and he, he had this big smile on his face. And he said to me, oh, he got off the phone and he said, oh, they've just, they've surrounded the city and they've just broken the, the first front line. And still then I thought, well, surely the, the soldiers are going to hold out. Um, they've been trained so well. You know, how is this happening? And, and Mazar Sharif, uh, for people who are interested, is a really, it's a strong, it's a strong hub of anti-Taliban resistance. Mm. Uh, the Taliban did control the city for a brief period, I think between 1998 and 2001 before the U.S. came in. But other than that, it's, it's been a very strong area that, that has no sympathy for the Taliban. So the idea of it falling was still something that I just couldn't get my head around and you know, the day is progressing, and people are just disappearing off the streets, and uh, we were just kind of, I guess, trying to ignore it, and we stepped outside to go to a kebab cafe that we'd been going to a fair bit, and it, even even the television there was turned off, and there was just nobody out, and we looked at each other and just said, 
something's wrong and we need to go. And we hurried back to the hotel that we were staying in. And as we were hurrying back, um, a whole sort of heap of motorcycles came in and that was the Taliban. And that was pretty much how how a city fell. And a few, you know, no, no shots of resistance fired in the city. It was just a, a kind of smooth and, and corrupt takeover. And the next thing you knew, we were sort of in a situation of, oh my goodness, what does this mean now? And, and mm-hmm. how are we going to get out of this? And, and at that point, it was... Um, there were a lot of unknowns, I think. There was just a lot of how we didn't know what they wanted. We didn't know if they wanted, you know, whether we were going to be a target as foreigners and as journalists or not. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a long night. So, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Nights. Again, we're talking to freelance war reporter Holly McKay. Uh, and, and I just want to... Qu- I want to quickly uh, hear the experience of getting brought out by the Taliban. What was that like? Yeah, so that was also a fairly unique experience. So uh, I guess as it went on, several days went by, and it was the following day that Kabul fell. And, of course, when that happened and things at the airport just turned mad, we realized that there was just no way we were going to get to Kabul. Immediately, the airport in Mazar Sharif, was closed or the Taliban took control of it and the air control was left. So there was, you know, we got a notification within minutes that our flight back to Kabul was cancelled. So we were sort of trying to come up with so many different options, you know, examining the roof, talking to uh, different teams in the DOD about, you know, landings, where helicopter could land, this, this and this. And of course, nothing eventuated. And a local friend of mine, right from the beginning, had said to me, you just need to talk to the Taliban. Um, just get their permission, tell them, you know, you're leaving, and that's going to be the only way. And so a lot of local friends of mine were, were sort of pushed out of the beginning, and we thought, at the end, we, this, this was going to be the only way to do it. There was just no other way that we were going to, to get out of here. There was checkpoints set up. I mean, they can control the entire city. And uh, so we had some careful coordination with the Uzbek uh, consul in uh, in Mazar Sharif, and then some some U.S. diplomats outside the country uh, who were also helping us, and basically just got their permission. So that was a risk, um, but it was a risk that we had decided was worth taking. Um, so we were picked up by the Taliban from the from our hotel and uh, and taken uh, to the consulate and then from there they escorted us north to the border um, there was many checkpoints along that road so we there's no way we would have got through without uh, without a Taliban escort wow. well Holly I, I think the interesting thing here is really kind of how the big conversations surrounding young girls and women and how they're going to be impacted through this transition, unfortunately. And I wonder, you being a, a, a journalist who is a woman in Afghanistan, is there, do you, do you feel weird about that? Do you ever feel like, oh my goodness, these people may be looking down at me a certain way? Like what kind of, especially in a moment like this, what, what are you thinking about as a, a, a journalist right now? Um, I think in my in my career, I've I've spent a fair bit of time interviewing uh, different uh, sort of terrorists and, and extremists from from different groups. So I wasn't particularly concerned about that. I think for me, I just I found the situation to be incredibly perplexing, and and just the way that it was a little bit of a PR spin at that point. They were trying to tell me and show me that they were changed, and that the Taliban mm-hmm. of 2021 was different. The Taliban of 2001. So 
I was just trying to wrap my head around it and they were sort of telling me their versions of, of how they saw the law and how they saw the country enfolding and, and the example they used was, you know, if you murder, then we're going to murder you and if you steal, we're going to cut your hand off. And it, just, it was really an interesting insight into what to expect from the Taliban governance. Um, I also recognized that I was in a, a privileged position, I think, as a, as a foreigner. Um, they weren't going to hurt me. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the attention that they wanted to bring to themselves. And I recognize that that's not going to be the case for my Afghan friends. You know, they're really the ones that are going to suffer. They're the ones that are going to be uh, really thrust into this very draconian life, and, and especially for women. That's what breaks my heart because women have the most to lose in all of this. Um, they're very, you know, the first thing also that the Taliban mm-hmm. said was that a woman can't, she can't leave her home unless she's in the burqa, which is a complete covering. And and um, she's sort of a not seen and not heard entity and, and can't work and can't do all the things. And I think really for the past 20 years, women have they've just come so far in Afghanistan and, and they've become doctors and lawyers and teachers and, and just been able to, to learn to play instruments and, and my photographer taught women to skateboard and, and do all these adventure sports and I just thought that instant has been ripped away from them. I yeah. don't know that they're ever going to get it back. Um, and I don't also see, I would say I don't see anything and, changing. and we also of course we're a, a uh, LGBTQ station, the community is just horrified right now um, as well. And the stories yeah. coming out about the uh, queer community are just tragic. Um, Holly, as we wrap things up, unfortunately, we'd love to have you on for an hour or more here. But there's a lot of images and misinformation being spread. What's the main thing that you think needs to be debunked here uh, that people need to really know about? I just uh, there's so many things. Um, uh, first of all, I think, and, and this is a controversial thing, but I think um, there is a difference sort of in, in, in the way that things will function. I think people tend to lump every single terrorist or jihadist group as the same thing, and, and Taliban isn't ISIS. There, there is a difference. I mean, if that was ISIS, I don't think they would have escorted even me out of the city. So there is, a, there is leverage that I believe that the United States has Obviously, they've been speaking to the Taliban for the last uh, 18 months or so. So there is leverage there that I think that that can be used. Uh, hopefully, there is a slim silver lining in it. But I don't. I have not seen anything that presents to me that the Taliban of today is, is any different or better or nicer or more inclusive than a Taliban that existed 20 years ago. And I think that's something uh, that we should all feel pretty sad about, that, that after all that blood and treasure in that conflict, whether you agreed with the war or you didn't, I think uh, we can all agree that how it ended has been pretty devastating. Well, thank you again for joining us. And we know that you're barely getting any sleep. You're doing so much incredible work. So thank you again. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was Holly McKay, author of Only Cry for the Living, Memos from Inside the ISIS Battlefield, and a freelance war reporter. Check out her substack, The World of War Crimes and Crisis with Holly McKay. Thanks again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Would you really love to live to be 200 Well, this is something that's being brought up on social media today as this longevity investor, Sergey Young, is getting some attention. He's on a mission to extend people's healthy lifespans, and he says he knows how it can be done. We might be living until 200 in the future. Which honestly sounds exhausting because that's just like, what, 200 more years of paying bills? Are you kidding me? 100 more, you would say, if like average... Well, I guess... I don't know what the average is, like, you know, I guess 80s. I wasn't actually trying to do math. I was just trying to (laughs) land a joke. (laughs) It's only sure taking it to the next level of actually being a mathematician, writing it out on a whiteboard. Um, No, seriously, I have thought about this. I've always watched those sci-fi movies where, like, they're, you know, they can clone your, they can clone your heart or they can clone a lung or, like, different pieces of yourself. So when the time comes, if something happens, you can kind of live forever. But when you think about it, really, Realistically, it's only going to really, uh, if that system somehow becomes a real thing, it's only going to benefit folks who have money and have the privilege to afford that type of like regeneration of organs and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I think it would be interesting if I could put like 50 more like years on my life and I could be healthy and like still maneuver and still live life in the fullest just to see where we are technologically, where the world is like, and how it's evolved in that time. For sure, I would probably do it. You would it. do that. I would yeah. do it. Just 50 more. After that, no. But the way climate change is, honey, are we all... Who's, who's 200? The planet's giving us until, like, tomorrow to get our crap together. It's going to be... Diff- yeah, you might want to focus on helping the planet versus helping humans live longer. Yeah, like, That's the sure. thing we need to figure out. So... According to the United Nations, because I did the research, the global average life expectancy is 72.6 years, okay, for 2019. So basically, 73 years old is average. Imagine living that much more to 200. You said you just want to see technology. For me, 
I, love I think it. I would want to. Yeah, I would totally live if I could to two hundred. As long as I wasn't like scary looking. Well, like, that's the yeah, thing. I said I want to be able weird. to move. I like, want to be able to still like look cute. Like, ghostly I wanna, zombie looking. If I because honestly, let's be honest. I think Angelina Jolie's two hundred, and if I can look like her at two hundred, then yes, yeah. for sure. Is it Angelina Jolie vampire two hundred, or is it like zombie apocalypse two hundred? She, I mean, she looks good regardless. That's I feel true. like she is probably going to be the most attractive zombie at any point. But I I am for sure down to do this only if it's 50 more years. 200 seems a little bit exhausting. At that point, I don't want to see more kids. I don't want to see more relatives. Please. No, thank you. Well, you can check this out on uh, Twitter.com. Actually, at LGT Show, we'll retweet this story and all the ways you can live longer, whether you have money or not. But next up, could more priests be outed on Grindr in the future? The latest concerns next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up, we've got lots of good stuff. We're diving into OnlyFans and the impact of the latest announcement on the queer community. Plus, lesbian couple and OnlyFans stars Brie and Chrissy join us to give their reactions in 30 minutes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Former President Donald Trump was booed at a rally Saturday in Alabama after he told supporters they should get vaccinated. That's exciting. I mean, he said, and you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You've got to do what you have to do. But I recommend taking the vaccine. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccine. My thing is you can't now be trying to be on the right side of history when you are responsible for the reason why that fan base is like booing you about the vaccine. You created that harm. You created that doubt. Yeah. And so guess what? Now you saw it in real time. There's I don't think there's any way we're gonna bring anyone back to the, the to the side of feeling like the vaccine is good for them. Yeah, he Not the people the who are Yeah. The monster's out there and it's on it's like wild. It's kinda like watching Godzilla and what's the, the what's the gorilla? Oh. What's the gorilla? Yeah, I know Godzilla you're and the gorilla. About. <laughs> you know, they got to fight in recent. Oh, King Kong. King Kong. Thank you. That was I'll, yes. I'll give credit to producer Vanessa for yes. that one. Now, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who's actually back from her summer vacation. Imagine, like, being on summer vacation when you have her type of job, and you're like, okay, here it goes, Monday. Imagine knowing what seasons are. Like, school's back in, and I had no clue. I just saw kids with backpacks everywhere. Yep. Well, she was asked by reporters today what she thought of that Trump booing moment. Here's what she had to say. We will take anyone who has a big platform out there who wants to encourage people to get vaccinated uh, doing it. Uh, that's a good thing. And we understand that some of the people who are not yet vaccinated are not people who uh, may have Biden-Harris stickers on their cars. And that's okay. Um, in terms of, I think it's just a recognition, as we are very clear-eyed about, that uh, there are still people who are skeptical out there in the country, uh, that there are still people who... Um, whether because of misinformation uh, or a range of factors uh, are not yet getting vaccinated, even though it could save their lives. It means we still have more work to do. How much more work to do, you might ask? Well, the FDA continued to push back against the use of the drug ivermectin, which is used to deal with worms and animals and sometimes humans to treat or prevent the respiratory disease COVID. Yet people are using this drug for animals to treat COVID. On Saturday, the agency tweeted, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. You know what? (laughs) People were tasting uh, bleach. They were drinking, you know, detergent at one point. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if people want to take these horse drugs, have at it. I look at it like, you know... 
It's like, may the odds forever be in right? your favor. I mean, because if you think that works, you know what? If it starts turning people into half human, half horses, what are those things called? There's a Netflix show for it. And also, by the way, look up the Darwin Awards. This is basically the what we're living through. Uh, but it's it's this that bad that in Mississippi, some people are ingesting this, resulting in a worrying spike in poison control calls. At least 70% of the recent calls have been related to ingestion of livestock or anim- animal formulations. That's exciting for them. Really strange. And... In a bit, in the next hour, we're going to talk about what the Vatican is saying about this whole newsletter that is outing uh, the Catholic Church on Grinder. okay, and how worried they are about this. That's in the next hour on What's Trending This Hour. That's what they're worried about instead of all their other issues? I mean, uh, <laughs> what's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? So quickly, before we get into our tea report, I'm going to tell you all about our uh, contest that we have going on, because okay. guess what? Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st. I mean, right in time for the spooky season. Channel Q is going to send you just to go um, literally to, for your chance to win t- t- two tickets to the show. A stay at the park, MGM hotel, a round trip airfare for two, plus $500 in spending cash. Mm. Come on. I, well, it's Vegas, so I'm not really sure how much. I mean, that could get you a little something, something, right? That's like uh, Starbucks. <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> Overpriced Everything's Starbucks. inflated. Kidding. No, it's, it's a good thing. No, but don't miss Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Residency show live in Las Vegas. Tickets actually go on sale Saturday in case you don't win this contest. But if you want to know more, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show. A stay at the park, MGM Hotel, and round trip airfare. Now, let's move on because... I want to talk uh, Little Nas X because did y'all know that me and Little Nas X shared our the same first jobs? Like we I did we not. both had the first like our first jobs ever. We shared them. Well, um, it's time for the T report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Little Nas X is returning to his first job ever, Taco Bell, and a new announcement. Oh. That was my first job too. Literally was making crunch wraps and quesadillas. Actually, I wasn't touching any of the food because I refused. I was actually um, at the drive-thru being called a, a yes ma'am. I was called a woman every time I came through. Okay. Um, but yeah, he has a new partnership. He's been in, unveiled as chief impact officer at the fast food chain, a new relationship that will play out with the menu of activities, collaborations, and a company-wide push for his forthcoming album, Montero. This basically is a newly created honorary role, one which combines food, music, and philanthropy which is really cool in the first 60 days they're going to join forces uh, for an exclusive experience around the upcoming release he'll play um lead on some menu innovations and here's the really cool part he's going to team up with the taco bell foundation to recognize and reward young creative individuals via the live my scholarship and from today he'll appear in taco bell's breakfast campaign with further fan engagement opportunities so he's going to be doing a lot with taco bell which is really cool Full circle moment here. I think it's beautiful. I love all the connections. And great creative idea. You always know he's uh, celebrities are making a ton of bank from this. But I like when it's also just like a good idea that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's his first job ever. And when I tell you, Taco Bell made me who you see today. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. I should get paid for that. That's your team report. I got more coming up next Where's hour. the sponsor money? That's what I'm Tweet saying. Tweet them. All right. Next up, how much money a single person needs to earn to get by in every U.S. state? We've got those answers next. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There was this article that came out on CNBC.com that shows how much money a single person needs to earn to get by in every U.S. state. And let me tell you, the numbers are crazy because it doesn't feel real. The numbers are so low to imagine that we could survive off this amount of money, including the one in California. I'm like, no, please. Yeah, (laughs) these type of like, I don't know if they ever take surveys or whatever, because it just always feels like, who are you actually asking? What single person are you asking in these states to kind of find this conclusion? Well, it's not a study or focus group. It's a calculator that puts this together, right? MIT's living wage calculator. Which MIT is, if you're working at MIT, you're most definitely above every living wage. Well, here's how they do it. That is true. It's a privileged way of coming to the number. But the calculator takes into account a number of factors, including the cost of food, health care, housing, transportation, and other necessities like personal care, clothing, housekeeping, supplies. It also considers each state's minimum wage and looks at annual changes in consumer spending patterns. But, okay, uh, California, let's just look at that one, for instance. They are saying if you're in California, your total required income before taxes is a single person. Is $38,823 before taxes. Yeah, I don't understand that because when I first moved out of here, I was probably making that and I was poor. So, wasn't eating. <laughs> well, Elizabeth Renter joins us right now, a data analyst at Nerd Wallet to break it all down. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here and to talk about this with you guys. Well, I mean, once again, as we mentioned, when we look at these numbers, it just doesn't seem even possible. Right. What are we supposed to take from this? <laughs> so the, a calculator like this is based on estimates, with this, which is based on averages. So it's totally a ballpark, number one. Um, number two, if you're looking at statewide estimates, you've got everything from, you know, farmland in there, in the case of California, to the Bay Area. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a huge range in there. Um, so a lot of people are going to look at those numbers and be like, that can't be right. But the other thing is understanding exactly what the living wage is. So the living wage is how much you would need to make to get by, period. It's the bare minimum. It's paying for housing, food, transportation, and healthcare. But we're not talking about restaurants, vacation, any entertainment, none of that. This is the absolute bare minimum. So I think it's important to call out that this is absolutely just a ballpark and completely normal that it would be like, oh my God, this is extremely low. If you're living in a metro area, if you're living in a big city, I live in a rural area in a very small town in Kansas. So, so what I see when I look at it is way different, right? <laughs> True. Cause I was looking at, um, back home in Tennessee, um, I was looking mm-hmm. at what it said for the living wage there. And I was like, oh, I'd be living like a king if I was. Paying. Right. But here's, I really want to know, though, do you think these kind of um, articles where we're seeing how much a single pe- person needs to learn, like earn, are these mm-hmm. articles beneficial to us? Do they really matter, if, especially if it's just a ballpark? 
Right. Well, so the article is one thing. The calculator is another. I think the calculator, the article, again, it's a ballpark. The idea is you go to the calculator and you dig in a little bit. So the difference on the calculator side is you can actually look at cities and metro areas. So you can dial in a little bit closer to what's appropriate for your area. The other thing is it's made for people like us, but it's also made for policymakers, right? Mm -hmm. You can use this information to say, hey, like, people in this area should be making more in order to just earn the basics. Because I think a little bit of that sticker shock that that you guys are experiencing when you look at these numbers is also because right now you're likely in a place where you make enough to get by. Like you are not currently considered part of the working poor. You can go to the movies or go eat, you know, go out for lunch or whatever. And so as we get further and further of away from like the poverty line, it becomes harder to, fathom what it's like to live with less but for many people living with 20 grand a year is very much a reality and so i think is it useful to you that you can look at it and be like oh well i wake make way more than this and this is totally unrealistic no maybe not but if you think about it as wow people in my state this is like what people making a quote-unquote living wage or earning, like, that's really low, and what can we do for those people? Yeah, that's that's my hope from this. Well, that was Elizabeth Renter, a data analyst at NerdWallet. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. Next up, the impact of OnlyFans ban on sexually explicit content on the queer community. We're diving in right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. OnlyFans' announcement last week banning sexually explicit content sent shockwaves through social media and the creators that built the platform. Specifically, many are discussing how much this will hurt queer and trans sex workers. Here to share more is Samantha Riedel, who's a freelance journalist, and wrote about this for them. Thanks for being here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, as someone who is on OnlyFans and covers this, what did you think when you saw this announcement drop last week? Uh, it was bizarre, I have to say, and a big part of that was because of how confusing um, the the announcement was. Like uh, the first time uh, anybody heard that uh, this was uh, apparently happening imminently was from the Bloomberg report um, that that came out um, on last Thursday, um, and because Bloomberg has kind of a history of you know, not really getting everything right when it comes to what's going on with OnlyFans. There, just a few weeks ago, they were reporting um, that this was going to happen, but the company was denying it to uh, other uh, other sites, other publications. Um, people were kind of taking that report with a grain of salt, um, and sex workers were writing into OnlyFans support and getting messages saying, no, no, explicit content is always going to be uh, allowed on the platform. Any announcements to the contrary, we'll we'll make to you. We'll make through our social pages. We'll we'll make in an email to creators. Um, and uh, you know, but at the same time, other publications were getting confirmation right. <laughs> that the that the statement published in Bloomberg was correct. Uh, and then finally, uh, on Friday, uh, the company sent out. Uh, an email to all creators uh, confirming that the acceptable use policy would be changing uh, as of the the 1st of October and that um, sexually explicit material would no longer be allowed. Nudity will still be allowed, but they're drawing very specific 
um, lines there, and you and creators have until uh, the first of December to take down any content that would violate the new terms. Um, so overall, so- it was just like it was so confusing. There was so much. Um, uh, contradictory information being shared. Yeah. Uh, and eventually we got to a place where, you know, the, the disappointing truth is out. Yeah, I mean, thank you for breaking all of that down because I think this situation has been very confusing. And I think one thing mm-hmm. that everyone is wondering is who fault, like whose fault is this? Is it OnlyFans' fault? What's some of the, the reasoning behind this decision? Yeah, so a big part of this is not so much down to OnlyFans doing this voluntarily. Um, a lot of people have run with, oh, they're trying to get a, a bigger valuation from investors and they're trying to move to safe to work content to uh, get that higher uh, multi-billion dollar valuation and get more investors. Um, really what um, we're seeing it come down to is more uh, financial institutions and payment processors. Um, you know, uh, there, months uh, ago, uh, there was the situation with Pornhub, uh, where Visa and MasterCard announced that they would no longer be, um, or rather that they would be at least temporarily pulling uh, support um, for transactions on Pornhub uh, due to pressure from anti-trafficking organizations. Uh, and that's really damaged Pornhub's ability to you know, work with creators and, uh, and actually have any of their... Uh, their transactions go through. Um, so this is another case of that, like uh, MasterCard's uh, new, uh, more strict uh, rules for mm-hmm. merchants who work with adult services uh, will go into effect on October 15th. Uh, so with OnlyFans having their new acceptable use policy really go into effect on the first, that sort of gives them a two-week window in which to uh, start enforcing so, their new guidelines in order to to keep their their credit card payments going. Yeah, through. Samantha, I want to have you uh, b- before we leave, of course, talk about the impact on the LGBTQ community, of course, and, and what you're seeing. Yeah, so this is the the big thing with this is um, unfortunately survival sex workers are going to be hit the most by this. We're already seeing people. Uh, scrambling to diversify their revenue streams, get on new sites, get verified on these new sites. Um, and the people that rely on sex work to pay their bills, to pay their rent on a month to month basis are disproportionately LGBTQ people, are black people, are brown people. Um, you know, we have, uh, the, the Trevor Project, um, says that as many as 40% of homeless youth, uh, are, uh, LGBTQ. And the, the number of those uh, homeless youth and, and uh, disadvantaged youth that need to go into uh, sex work in order to survive is so disproportionate um, to the rest of the population. So we have extremely vulnerable people uh, who are in a, in a matter of 48 hours um, told that, no, you're going to need to change everything about uh how you expect to, uh to get money and it does as many platforms as are rising up right now to try and fill that gap it doesn't really look like anything is going to be that like perfect storm that OnlyFans was where uh it was just so easy to 
to get on to have one credit card and, and subscribe mm-hmm. to tons and tons and tons of different people that uh, on a platform that had the same sort of uh, cultural penetration, no pun intended, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, that OnlyFans did. Um, so it's, it's a really upsetting time. It's a really disappointing time um, and a precarious time. Uh, if you're a, a queer person who has to do survival tech Yeah. Work. Well, thank you for your reporting. That was Samantha Riedel, whose work can be found um, in them.us, specifically about this OnlyFans ban. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Next up, lesbian couple and OnlyFans stars Bria and Chrissy join us after this to share the impact of this decision on creators and their next steps. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been discussing OnlyFans changes and the impact on the queer community. And joining us right now are social media stars, lesbian couple, OnlyFans stars, Bria and Chrissy Chambers. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you've been killing it on OnlyFans. So does this... Have you been watching? What, me? Are oh, you tuned in? I have not necessarily. On, on their Instagram, I've gotten teased. I don't bit. know. It sounds like you have firsthand experience from what they're putting <laughs> They've out They've invited me. I haven't been able Shira, to. Shira and Ryan, I'll have to, to give you both a little backstage pass. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That, I mean, I don't know if it's my type of content, girl, but go for it. I'm always down to support. <laughs> oh, but let's get into this uh, because I know this latest announcement is quite worrisome to you. And, and why? What are you going to do? You know, I think our hands are up in the air right now. It's, it's such a scary time because Bree and I have built this platform up over the last year after facing discrimination from YouTube. And so now to be getting booted from this platform as well, essentially, or at least that's what it feels like, we are once again hands tied. Where do we go from here? How do we make a living? Um So it's really scary. And I can't imagine for other content creators where this is the sole source of income, which for us, honestly, it has pretty much become that. I I think that we're left feeling terrified, helpless and angered, especially because these are the people that built the platform in the first place. Right. And I think what's interesting from this perspective is you all come from the world of revenge porn and and kind of really setting the tone for what that means, what that looks like. And I wonder, does this situation kind of feel like because it, it seems like there's a control thing here, right, where once again, these high level execs are controlling creators. And I just wonder, did that feeling kind of come up for you in this kind of announcement? You know, Ryan, that's a great question. Great comment. I have wrestled so much over the last year and over the last six, seven, eight years since becoming a victim of revenge porn with overcoming the shame, the sexual shame that I've had to to deal with and to endure. And so to have OnlyFans be the platform that allowed me to find my liberation and to find my freedom and to overcome that shame to now be hamstringed back in place where I'm hearing from the top down, basically from powerful men. No, no, no. What you're doing is shameful. What you're doing is wrong. At least that's how the impact feels. It's almost like going back to square one. Like, oh, wait, is is this healing I've been doing uh, not the liberating feeling I thought? Is it something shameful again? You know, um, it hurts. It hurts and it's hard. Yeah, it's interesting how much we've, quote unquote, accepted all this stuff in our modern world and with technology. And then yet a platform like this proves that we have so much more work to do. 
Exactly. Well, I do wonder, you know, there are other platforms besides OnlyFans, right? And I think the big worry for uh, creators like yourselves is, well, if we go to those other platforms, are your fan bases that you took so much time to build, are they going to transfer over? Is that something you're also worried about? Of course. You know, you think about having to have all the different social platforms where speaking out about OnlyFans and promoting it is already prohibited. So if we speak about it on Facebook, we're demonetized. You know, if you speak about it on YouTube, it's immediately demonetized. So trying to even find an outlet where you're allowed to even promote the platform that is paying your mortgage and bills is a stressor. Um, so then to narrow it down further to which platform, and right now all of them are scrambling to, to get the most content creators, it's just overwhelming, dizzying even, um, and very, very stressful because it's like, is there any way we can push? You know, none of these have the same name value, the same notoriety yet. And is it possible to even pull over our entire audience? You know, it's really scary. Yeah. yeah. So where can people find you now if they want to connect with all the work you're doing? If they want to connect with all the work we are doing, I would say Instagram.com slash Bria and Chrissy is great. Of course, we're still YouTube.com slash Bria and Chrissy. But I have to say, you know, Twitter seems like one of the most uh, adult-friendly platforms. Oh. And so maybe we could promote things there. You know, I, Shira, this is how stressful it is. It's like, where do I even... Push people, you know. Uh, push them to your cash app. If you're going to put it on Twitter, push them to your cash app so yeah. it can go straight to your pocket, honey. Ah, you know? yeah. But in the meantime, we are OnlyFans.com slash Bria and Chrissy. Beautiful. Well, love you both. Bria and Chrissy Chambers, thanks so much for being with us, and I'll be rooting for you. Love you both. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Next up, Elliot Page reveals what cult classic helped him accept himself and share his truth with the world that's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Lots coming up for you all today on this lovely Monday singer. Bobby Newbury is here in 30 minutes to talk Miami Beach Pride. Plus, what film changed actor Elliot Page's life? That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Governor Andrew Cuomo gave his goodbye speech today, less than 12 hours before he leaves office. The attorney... I was going to just add, he continued pointing fingers, as you'll see in his speech. The Attorney General's report was designed to be a political firecracker on an explosive topic, and it worked. There was a political and media stampede, but the truth will out in time. Of that, I am confident. Okay. Well, Cuomo is still being investigated for sexually harassing 11 women. His deputy, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, will be sworn in as his replacement early Tuesday morning. Now more than 148,000 teachers and staff working in New York City's public schools will have to be vaccinated for COVID before the end of the next month. And that is according to Mayor de Blasio, who is pushing to get more of the city's workers inoculated. He announced the vaccine mandate for all city school staff this morning, noting that any workers in public schools, including custodians, cafeteria workers and outside contractors, will have until September 27th to show proof of receiving at least one dose of the vaccine. And finally, the Vatican is concerned that the pillar, a newsletter based publication run by anti-LGBTQ plus members of the church's hierarchy, who outed a priest using grinder data last month, is just getting started. These folks are evil. 
In subsequent reports, the newsletter alleged that it has obtained further online dating app data that implicates high-ranking officials in the Catholic Church as engaging in quote-unquote gay sex. While it hasn't outed anyone specific, the concern is that the reports go beyond leaders here in the U.S., but potentially to the highest ranks of the Vatican. Oh, the tea. Sounds like a CW show. I mean, the the Vatican's just getting gayer. I mean, honestly, hasn't it always been? Anything named the Vatican sounds pretty homosexual. I, I want to have like, a party at the Vatican. Coming to the stage, the Vatican. <laughs> Your favorite drag queen performing on Saturdays. Uh, well, that was so much trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so what cult classic helped Elliot Page overcome his shame and self-hatred? Well, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, so Elliot Page says films like But I'm a Cheerleader, which one of my favorites, offered relief from some of his struggles as a young LGBTQ person. He, over the weekend, received Outfest's Achievement Award. Um, he said, I, for one, know that without the various representation that I was able to stumble upon as a kid and a teenager, there was very little. I just don't know if I would have made it in then. You know, at 15, when you are flipping through the channels and you see, um, but I'm a cheerleader, and the dialogue in that film and scenes in that film just transform your life. He said, I almost think we don't talk enough about how important representation Representation is and enough about how many lives it saves and how many futures it allows for, which is very, very true. Um, I loved, I remember watching that that movie, but I think my first, um, mm. like, not film, but TV show was yeah. Noah's Ark for sure. Patrick Ian Polk's Noah's Ark, if you haven't seen it. I would recommend. It's so fabulous. It's so wonderful. And you got to talk to the cast. I did get to talk, talk to about the cast. A full yes, circle yes. moment. Oh my god! And I got to tell Patrick Ian Polk and Daryl Stevens that I was obsessed with them all along. Um, and so yeah, it was absolutely really great. That is your tea report for right now. But I have some other tea that you need to know about. Um, so Lady Gaga. Las Vegas residency, you know, the jazz and piano one. It's returning to the park MGE, uh, MGM this October 14th through the 31st. And guess what? Channel Q is sending you and a friend. You get to win um, basically two tickets to the show. Are you kidding me? A stay at the park, MGM hotel, round trip airfare for two, plus $500 in spending cash. All you got to do is head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. Do not miss Lady Gaga's jazz and piano residency shows live in Las Vegas. Tickets do, if you don't win this, they do go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, tickets are actually on sale now at ticketmaster.com. And just head over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. You better do it. Okay. That's a pretty good one. We Seems haven't done like any like good like giveaways, and that's a topper. Going into the rest of the year with a bang. Love it. Next up, how to tell the difference between a healthy and a controlling relationship, and all you need to be having is a conversation over text. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So what's the difference between the text messages in a healthy relationship and a controlling relationship? Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, these text convos shared on Twitter say it all. This very brave woman posted the two different texts, one from a previous relationship, which she said the difference between a boy and a man 
And yeah, the other between a guy that she's currently dating. And it does really show the clear difference. And this is important for all of you listening too, because you might have been in this situation, whether it be with a, a partner, someone you're dating, or a friend. And it's important to see the, the flags that come up, right? So this is from the, uh, the, the controlling relationship, okay? This text message. Hey, babe, where are you at? She goes, I'm out with some friends. He says, well, have fun. Thanks so much for just now letting me know. Try not to cheat on me. Night. And she goes, question, question, question mark. He says, I said night. Of course, I'm adding some intonation to this. And I don't know if that's how he talks. But you could see how it sounds like angry and controlling. Mm -hmm. uh, Creating assumptions of what will happen. Yeah. Lack of trust. Yeah. Have you been through that before? Has someone ever done that to you? No. I, I personally have never been through that before, but I have witnessed people around me who have had really, you know, intense relationships uh, where, you know, you could tell they're coming at the end of the road, but they're still kind of in the thick of it. And like, I think when you start to see signs like this, it's either you got a decision to make. You either stay with said toxic person or you break up with said toxic person. And sometimes, depending on how strong you are, which could be looked at differently because, you know, sometimes people just can't out of survival leave certain situations, right? Because there's safety. Um, But I think this is most definitely a red flag. And I think, you know, I'm happy that I guess this person got out of that toxic situation. Because now Mm -hmm. the new person they're with, this is how they talk. And this is according to this and experts, the healthy way to handle this. So, uh, this person goes, where are you? The mm-hmm. person that she's in a relationship with, I'm at a party, she says. He goes, then you can just call me and talk later, okay? She goes, are you sure? And he goes, of course, have fun and let me know when you're home safe. I love you. Did you ever think that at any point on um, that our our job here at the radio would be reading someone else's text messages? Like, did you ever, <laughs> like, yeah, narrating, like, right? it's an audible book? I mean, <laughs> modern day storytelling yeah, right here. right here. Don't, who you needs know, audible? We, ex- got us. we have tweets that we read, social media posts, now text messages. I, I think you're, I think you're just uh, trying to stall on time because I want to know, have you ever been this person? Okay, so I I definitely have been in a relationship where I felt a lack of trust because this person I was with would get blackout drunk with his boys, all mm-hmm. single. You know, nothing good happens when that happens, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, and, and while maybe well, this person never did anything, true. I know, but there that's was not, that actually, feeling I don't for agree me. With that. I don't agree. And with maybe that. because of what I've done in the past when I've been possibly really drunk, right? So, oh, so uh, it was a projection. It was a bit of a projection. That happens And then often. also because uh, because this person has done had done dumb stuff when they were really drunk. Oh, yeah. okay. So okay. there was so a bit of a thing. It was yeah. a mixture between what I've been through, what they've done, mishmash that together. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect uh, blend for a, a toxic dynamic, even though it did get better. We got through that moment. But, right. I, but yeah. I definitely would say to him, like, okay, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything that you might regret so that you could say that wasn't as intense as that. It was a bit passive aggressive. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I uh, have been very vocal about a relationship that I was in where that person was very unfaithful. And there was times where you just don't know if you're getting the whole truth. And some passion, like you're not passion, but some passive aggression would come 
it through. Um, but for me, I think it got to a point where I was kind of tired of wondering where this person was going, what they were doing, if I was getting the whole story or half uh-huh. the story. And I think that's when I kind of was like making the decision like, yeah, it's a done deal. Um, and it needs to be a done deal. It doesn't hurt less, but you know, I think you still have to kind of do it because you don't want to take those traits into your next thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. And what I learned from even that previous one is that I had to set my boundaries, right? And Mm -hmm. for me, it meant, okay, you're going out. You don't need it. Like, I don't need a detailed moment by moment recap, but check in. Or if I text, like, really? I like a check-in. I feel good with a check-in. Okay, well, I mean, that's what you feel good for. Yeah, like, I feel like good. Like, how often? Like, a few hours? Every minute. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's like, every if you know they're going to be out, then, like, so what you need my, to check in for? So, my current partner will say, yeah, I'm not going to have my phone on, so if I, I'll just, like, talk to you in the morning. He yeah. gives me, okay, he, like, so says that, what my expectation, yeah. it sets expectations. Okay. Well, you know what? You leave it open-ended. I think it's just, like, it's that open communication. Okay. And then similar to me, he might go, hey, I would love just to hear from you in a few hours if you want to say hi. And then I do that. Yeah. Right? No, I get that. I think that works for, it's 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 one of those things like one, uh, not every size, what is like not all. Not, it doesn't, one size, size doesn't fit all. Yeah, one size doesn't fit all. That's it. That is exactly it. I so, believe. Um, I, I think it, it just, it ends up being whatever works for you in your relationship in that moment. But like. Screw the pass- passive aggressive. There's no, yeah. there's no point. You and you're know? not uh, an animal and you shouldn't be on a leash. I agree with Unless that. Unless maybe you're into that in the bedroom. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, Channel Q is across the country in Miami on 96.5 HG3. And Miami Beach Pride is coming up September 10th through the 19th. It's right around the corner. And we're featuring some of the artists that will be performing there. And one of those artists are Bobby Newberry, who's a singer and who's joining us right now on the line. Bobby, welcome to Let's Go There. Oh my God. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. What's up, Bobby? (laughs) Hey, how are you guys? We're celebrating Pride 24-7 pretty much here. Oh my God, that's so exciting. I am so excited. You have no idea. We love that. Well, you have a new single out called Ride. We actually want to talk a bit about that, but first, here's a little clip. That's Bobby Newberry's new single, Ride. (laughs) Isn't it fun to listen to your music when you're on the radio? I love it. Uh, It is fun. But you've been around. I still have so many good, I have so many good feelings about that song. So like, Uh it just was such a fun experience, the whole process of it. So hearing it still makes me smile, even still. Good. I love that. Yeah, I was going to say you've been around and yet this was your first boy on boy choreography. I know. It's so crazy. I I don't know why (laughs) I didn't do it before. Um, I just, you know, I felt like, especially since I was doing Pride and, you know, this year I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to do a full video, you know, and just be, you know, like, especially I put it out in June during Pride Month. And so I was like, let me just do this right now and have this moment. 
So you're performing at Miami Beach Pride. So why yes, was it? I am. Why was it so important for you to support Miami Beach Pride? Well, honestly, Miami is just one of the most special places to me that I've ever been to. I typically go four times a year. It's the only place I ever went on vacation with my mom before she passed away. So, like, I always feel her presence and energy every time I'm there. And I just love the energy. I love the vibe there. To me, like, the second I get there, it feels like my second home. So I was just so humbled and, you know, by even being asked to be part of it and to be a performer. So I just, like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And what does Pride mean to you this year? I mean, we're coming out of, well, no, we're in the pandemic still, but I guess you're, you're going to be on um, in person, offline. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's going to be my first live show in, I mean, I, it's, it's been like two years, pretty much. It's like so crazy to me. So I, I'm just like, I can't even wait to be on the stage and feel that energy and to be in front of a live crowd for the first time in so long is going to be like such a crazy feeling. I feel like I'm going to be on an emotional roller coaster, to be honest. So are, you know, the people who are attending Miami Beach Pride, we got to give them something to get them out there. Are you going to be like, you know, make performing any new songs? What's the new music yeah. like? Tell us the tea. I mean, my show mix is about to be so, uh, so dope. I'm working so hard on it. I'm putting so much time into it. Um, I'm going to have some special guest uh, artist performers with me as well. I'm performing some new music uh, for my upcoming EP, um, some, a lot of dope mashups. So there's going to be some covers of music that they know as well. So it's going to be a party. It's going to be like a full vibe. It's going to be high energy. Like just, I want everyone to have a, a really good time and it's going to be a really lit um, set for sure. We love that. Well, we'll be following you on social media from Los Angeles, <laughs> but we appreciate yes. you for being here today. Thank of you course. so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm coming from to you from Hawaii right now. I'm, I'm here for a wedding. I was like, I can't miss this. I have to be on there to, to talk about this. <laughs> Don't it brag. Don't brag that no. you're in Hawaii. Oh my goodness. Have fun. You're, you know, it's, you deserve. it's a wedding. Thank you so much. And you guys, thank you so much for having me. And I'm just so humbled and gracious to be there and be part of this. And thank you for having me on the radio today with y'all. Of course. We'll check out Bobby's new single, Ride. Check him out on Instagram at Bobby Newberry. And of course, for all the info about Miami Beach Pride, it's easy. Just go to MiamiBeachPride.com. Next up, this man ghosted his date for the most ridiculous reason ever. We get into that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this gay man ghosted his date after something that he said on a first date. And this brings up the question, you know, is there anything on a first date that would totally turn you off from someone? I feel like there that list is possibly very long. But this thing that he said at this, on, on this date, I feel like it wasn't even that bad. But yet it was enough to make this guy not want to see this person ever again. So uh, this comes from a gay man in Manchester, England, and his tweet went viral. Of course, we only cover the viral moments on social media here. So he posted the message he received from the man to his Twitter saying, Hey, man, sorry for not messaging until now. I enjoyed our date last week. But when you said the phrase, put my thinking cap on, it kind of made me ick. So I wasn't really interested in pursuing things. And then he goes on to ask him if he knows any soul funk, hip hop, disco vibe DJs in Manchester, which was just strange and random. But put my thinking cap on. Is that really a turnoff? I think it's kind of cute. Well, I mean, 
that guy and you will not be dating since you think it's cute. Um, or me, me, me and Jacques, who said it, maybe we will, but we're not because he's gay. And that hasn't stopped you before. And that that tweet got seventy two thousand likes. People were into it. No, yeah, I think it's like little things, but sometimes when you know, you just know, and and maybe it just wasn't that, just that. It was probably like just the overall chemistry, and it's just like, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it, you know. I feel that, and I appreciate when people are honest, even though he did ghost for a week, but that's that's not really considered ghosting. One week, I, I feel like I give someone a bit of a uh, a bit of leeway with that, right? But. I don't know. There's always those things that really turn people off that might be just like a little eccentricity even. I mean, yeah. I think what you just don't know, you just don't know. You don't know or you do know. Oh, well, yeah. You know what I mean. (laughs) Well, you've been recently on some first dates, Ryan, because Ryan is the, well, actually, producer Vanessa's single too. But has there been anything that stood out for you? Um, Yeah, I mean... I think I think there has been, of course. I, you know, I I've, I date a little bit. I've gone on a date, um, uh, and in case anyone is wondering, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I don't really like to talk about my personal business on air, but I did go on a date this weekend, and it was actually really good, even though there was a flag. Okay, so there was a flag. That What's I your really flag? Enjoy. Um. And it was like a it was like a thing where we were talking we were at a live music event so it was like of course you're gonna have your phone out but I felt like maybe his phone was out just a little bit too much that for me is a turnoff too I, just a little too much but I agree. he sa- he saved it at the end so it was it was all good I mean he paid for everything so okay <laughs> so as long as you pay it was really good that seals the deal uh, well let us know if you've had any bad first date flags at LGT show let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And this is a very emotional tribute in honor of Kobe Bryant's 43rd birthday. Vanessa Bryant showed love for him, posting this on Instagram saying, Happy birthday, Poppy. And a lot of other love words in different languages that I'm not even going to try to say and butcher. But she said, I love you forever, eternal love. And in the comment section, a lot of her celebrity friends sent their well wishes as well. Natalia, who just started her freshman year at the University of Southern California, also posted a tribute to her late dad saying, happy birthday, daddy. And she captioned a throwback photo of herself sitting on Kobe's lap during a press conference. So uh, we are also sending so much love to the Bryant family today and also to Kobe since uh, he is very missed by all of his friends, family and fans. Yeah, you have to think about it like it, this probably it, it's never going to be easy. Oh, yeah. At all. You know, and she's so strong. I've been following her on Instagram and she's all she's great. And so I'm, I'm wishing her and her family nothing but the best. Definitely. Well, that does it for a yes queen of the day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. A little tribute on Let's Go There. And that does it for our show today. We are back tomorrow, weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, the Utah mom who built an LGBTQ youth center across from a Mormon church for teens to feel loved joins us to share her story and all the incredible work she's doing. That's tomorrow. Plus, how planting 8 billion trees every year for 20 years could affect Earth's climate. We're getting into that on tomorrow's show. I promise it's not going to be nerdy. It's going to be a fun, cool conversation.
Get it? Cool? Because how warm the earth is. And if you missed any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and lights. And honey, remember to slay. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.